the NHR and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. It's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Now, I clowned Jim Ursay's dancing earlier in his celebration in the Colts locker room because I did think it was a little repulsive and concerning. But you know what? It got me thinking. How many two-for-one drinks do you think it would take for me to start dancing like Jim Ursay? That's a great question. Probably eight. About eight two-for-one drinks, which would mean 16 total drinks. And yeah, I might bust out some Jim Ursay moves. <laughs> no doubt. And the only place to get those two-for-one drinks all day, every day, is Duffy's Sports Grill. Make Duffy's your football headquarters all season long. No matter if you're buying or selling stock in your favorite football team, you can enjoy two-for-one drinks all day, every day, while enjoying Duffy's award-winning Jumbo Wings, that now feature three new sauces. Listen in. Garlic Parmesan, Golden Barbecue, mm, and Caribbean Jerk. I, I can't wait to get my hands on some of that stuff soon. Enjoy some football features like the starting lineup starters, touchdown tots, and everyone's favorite game day buckets. With over 80 TVs in every location, there's no better place to spend your weekend. Duffy's, our game is always on. Woo! And our game is on here. For LaVica, Theo, and Stone, it's I, myself, Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, my guy Stone Labanowitz. Uh, Ken LaVica's out. He's mourning the Dolphins' loss, but also traveling with the FAU men's <clears throat> basketball team. Coward. Uh, a little bit scared to face, face me after he lost that bet, but not scared to face us. Buying and selling is uh, our very special fans, including Devontae in Atlanta, who joins LaVica, Theo, and Stone Again, the number 888-760-3776. We're buying, we're selling. Vonte, who you buying, who you selling after uh, nine, ten weeks of football? Uh, I must say, I love the show for one. Appreciate that, my guy. for two, I'm selling everything in Atlanta right now. Falcons, <laughs> Braves. I need it. If you're a Falcon fan, please take the year off. Oh, my goodness. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the good price food. And that's it. I'm done. What? What? So here's Thank the you question. No, Vontae, stay here because I need it. When you saw Josh Dobbs, when you saw that man, oh the, the reincarnation of Vince Young. Did just, you double down or triple down <laughs> on whatever bets you already had placed when you saw Dobbs warming up? This is this lets you know that I'm a real Falcon fan. I knew we were going to lose when he came in. Oh. Every time a rookie or a young quarterback comes in, they shine on the Falcons. Best Oof. game of the year. Oof. Best game of the career. I knew we was going to lose. He, he's talking Will Levis and then Josh Dobbs. Appreciate the call, Vontae. Good luck, my boy. <laughs> Good luck with them Falcons and uh, them Braves and everything going on in the A. Hopefully the Bulldogs don't let you down this year. Sell, sell, sell. I want you to sell your socks off. I want you to sell. He said everything in Atlanta. Everything in Atlanta he's selling, um, including including maybe even his new starting quarterback, Taylor Heineke, because head coach Arthur Smith just announced, hopefully this is music to Vontae's ear and every other Falcons fan. Taylor Heineke going to be back starting at QB for those Falcons. Woo-hoo! Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> it's Heineke, Ritter, close your eyes, draw from a hat, doesn't freaking matter. Doesn't matter at all. One thing I will say, there was no Drake London, which would have been very helpful for a guy like Taylor Heineke that slings the ball around the yard. But it's inexcusable to lose to a guy who uh, who literally just got to Minnesota, didn't know his teammates' names, and had never thrown a ball to any of their receivers in Josh Dobbs. And I think, uh, you know, we'll get to Josh Dobbs. I do think another thing that Atlanta folks have a, a reason to be upset about is how they're treating B. John Robinson. Oh, man. That um, dude, Arthur Smith. I think it's malpractice. Yeah. What's going on with B. John here? One of the more talented backs that we have that's healthy right now in the league, uh, and he can't get more than 11 carries. 
barely eclipsing 50 yards for however many weeks. I mean, this is it's rough to watch him. I know fantasy owners thought they had something week one, week two, rubbing yeah. their hands together. Let's go. No, I think what they're doing with uh, B. John Robinson is, is downright pathetic. Arthur Smith, and, and again, I brought this up three or four weeks ago, and, and Ken Levicka was like, what is with this obscure Arthur Smith hate? Who cares about the Atlanta Falcons football coach? Well, that's a good that's a good Ken impression. Yeah, no, for real. That, it kind of <laughs> felt like I'm sitting in his chair. He, I'm emulating the guy. You're mad. You're yeah, scowling. Um, yeah, and, and, and it is just ridiculous. And again, it's all it's never just been about the utilization of his players for the benefit of fantasy football. It's also for Falcons fans. They're frustrated year after year. You draft these high-end first-round talents in Kyle Pitts, in Drake London, and then in B. John Robinson, and you don't use them. So it's, it's not even us being mad at the Falcons for not fulfilling our fantasy football needs. You're literally working against your own football team's roster construction where you're not using the guys that they're spending high draft capital on. It just doesn't make sense in Atlanta. And the one argument is that it takes time, and we've seen that pan out in Detroit with Jameer Gibbs, right? Early on, we're like, hey, what the hell are you guys doing out there? You don't get Jameer the ball, get him in the game. But it started to come to that. I know it it took for Montgomery to go down for them to have to kind of thrust Jameer in there, but he does see more Rennie than he did week one, two, and three. So... I hold off sometimes because behind the scenes, we don't know what it looks like in practice. Yeah. We don't know how Bijan looks in the film room, in the running back room, if he's really has a grip on the playbook and whatnot. Like, we don't necessarily know these things, yeah. but we should probably point the finger first at Arthur Smith because that, of course, is his job and responsibility. How about this then? Our first um, election, our first, I guess, what would it be, a nomination for Dog Bleep Monday? Can we hear from Robert Sala first? Because we got to set the tone. This is Dog Bleep Monday following a weekend of sports on LaVica, Theo, and Stone. Um, yeah, it was dog <laughs> And Arthur Smith gets our first nomination. It was a, uh, you know, it was, we came together as a group and democratically we voted and we decided Arthur Smith deserves the first Dog Bleep, not only for the underutilization of these high capital picks in Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and B. John Robinson. Also, dude, you lost to Josh Dobbs who just got on a plane. He just bought a house in Arizona two weeks ago. Just hopped on a plane, got to Minnesota, and then just diced up your football team. Have more pride than that. Again, Robert Sala, uh, how do you feel about Arthur Smith? Um, yeah, it's dog <laughs> It's Dog Bleep Monday here on LaVica Theo and Stone, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Earns your vote for Dog Bleep Monday. And Stone, I do want to give my actual Dog Bleep Monday because it stays with the same team. I hate to go so Atlanta-centric and Atlanta-focused on this Monday here in the Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast where there's probably you know three Falcons fans. Yeah, don't say that. But I will say this. Atlanta's like eight hours away, man. I will say, you're right. There might be a little bit more Falcons love, a little bit more love for the Dirty Birds out this way. I will say this about the Atlanta Falcons. That defense... And what they have succumbed to over the past couple of weeks of football has been outright abysmal. I don't even know the defensive coordinator's name for the Atlanta Falcons, and I don't want to waste my time looking it up because the dude needs to get out. The dude, I, I don't maybe don't fire him, maybe relegate his role, let him be something else—a linebackers coach, a defensive assistant, the assistant to the assistant. I don't care what you do. In the offseason, the Atlanta Falcons invested in that defense. They brought in a guy like Jesse Bates, an all-pro safety from the Cincinnati Bengals, who's known for making plays. You thought that this would be a new and improved Atlanta Falcons defense. And what have they done? On two different times, 
playing against quarterbacks who shouldn't even be starters in the NFL. Will Levis, his debut, second-round pick. Everybody passes on the guy. We make fun of him because he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. What does he do to that Atlanta Falcons defense? Puts mayonnaise in their coffee. He put a lot of mayonnaise all in their coffee. Didn't even stir it up. Just left it in there. Just soggy. Just dripping all around. Yeah. Kind of kind of freaky. Yeah. Yeah. What, what does that mean four, in football terms? Four touchdowns. It means four touchdowns <laughs> and a win against a, a, an Atlanta Falcons team that at the time was first place in their division. And then this weekend, the Atlanta Falcons... As they're prepping this week, they're preparing for a guy named Jaron Hall, fifth rounder out of what BYU, right? BYU. And in and, and the first quarter, so if you're the Falcons fans already, you're like, okay, we got this win. Easy money. The Vikings have no way up from here. This is a team that has Justin Jefferson on IR. They just lost Kirk Cousins. They went and got Josh Dobbs before the trade deadline. They've got nothing here. They're starting a rookie fifth rounder, Jaron Hall. We're good. One quarter in, Jaron Hall gets a concussion. He's out. Oh, you got to feel great. I'm doubling down. You're doubling down. I'll take the minus six and a half. Give me whatever I can get. If you're a Falcons fan at that point, do you just turn the red zone? Are you not even watching your team anymore? You're like, we got this one in the bag. Let's watch all of the highlights for the day because I don't care what happens. You go go see who they're playing next week and you try to scout because you know you got this one in the bag. But then comes Joshua Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, who was just on... The Arizona Cardinals, who last year was just on the Tennessee Titans. He's going from city to city. He's doing a world tour. I don't know if it if 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 Taylor Swift and Beyonce's tours, they pale in comparison to the Josh Dobbs tour he's making around America, making his stops and playing winning football. Five five, uh, five different teams in two seasons. For five, Josh Dobbs. five teams, two seasons. What does he do in a game where he didn't expect to play coming off the bench in the first quarter for Jaron Hall? He went 20 for 30. He threw two touchdowns. He ran one in on the ground. And after the game, Joshua Dobbs, who, who again, had never thrown a ball to any receivers in practice. He didn't know any of the cadence amongst themselves, the coaches, the offensive linemen. They were just greeting and getting to know each other. This guy was supposed to be sitting down, similar to Zach Wilson on the opening night of the season, and watching the show. He has to get up and perform in a brand new situation. And what does he do afterwards? We'll just take a listen to Josh Dobbs introducing himself via Vikings Twitter. What's up, Skull Nation? I want to introduce myself. I'm Josh Dobbs. Great dub today on Sunday here in Atlanta. Cheers to the next one. See you guys back in Minnesota. Let's get it. He made a mockery of that Atlanta Falcons football franchise. He made a mockery of that defense. Then he introduced himself to the fan base. He shook hands with the owner for the very first time. And before the dude even could have his jersey sold, he had a win for the Minnesota Vikings against an Atlanta Falcons team that was supposed to be a playoff contender. Hey, Atlanta Falcons, defensive coordinator, defensive unit. Um, yeah, it was dog. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. It's dog bleep Monday on Lavica Theo and Stone. We've got Eddie in Boynton Beach. Eddie, what's happening, dog? Hey Theo, how you doing, brother? Pretty good. How about yourself? Oh man, uh, I just uh, walking myself off a ledge here, man. I've I've personally watched the Giants games the last two weeks, oh, oh. and uh, that, well, my eyes were bleeding from the last one were against the Jets. I mean, eighteen punts. I mean, there was more points. There were more punts than points on that game. They almost set a record and for then, punts. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then what do we do? We we trade uh, Leonard Williams. 
because, you know, for some draft picks, which, uh, you know what, if that's what the season's going to become, then okay. It is what it is, you know. So, you know what, we should have just clean house. You know, get rid of Saquon. I'm not saying that we don't love him in New York. We do. But if you're not going to pay the man and you're going to have him rushing 50 times a game, he's going to be used goods in about three more games. So just trade everyone and just, you know, try to get that first pick, you know, a tank for Caleb or something. But <laughs> yesterday was just ridiculous. I mean, we got a quarterback that can't. They can't throw the ball. We might as well have Danny DeVito instead of that DeVito. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, are, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. I, I'm, I just want it, to. It's, it's terrible because we had such high hopes. We had such, you know, expectations. You know, a uh, playoff win last year and just go from, from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. And the rest of the season is just going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be us against Arizona for that number one pick. <laughs> um, yeah, it's dog. Great call, Eddie and Boynton, and also Eddie. Hey, don't don't worry. All right, you just it, it was the Raiders. It was the Raiders you were going up against. You were going against that stone wall. Next week it gets easier. You get to travel to the Cowboys. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, Tommy DeVito took six sacks. He had two turnovers. Um, the fumbles loss was one, I think, for these guys. So the Dallas Cowboys are probably the last team you want to see right now. It, also, it, Giants fans are in hell, man. Giants fans are in hell. And the worst part about this is, if you're a Giants fan, you saw daylight. You saw daylight in the Jets-Giants game, right? It's a rivalry game. It, it's the one that you really want to win. It's one you should have won. Matter of fact, I'm sorry. It's one that you actually had won. The Giants had won that game, and the Jets win stole it from them in the dark of the night. So not only do you lose that one in OT to the Jets, a game that you should have won on five or six different spots, then you have the Las Vegas Raiders who just fired their coach, who just elevated an interim, Antonio Pierce, who's a former Giant, a legend for the Giants. <laughs> and then they hang 30 on you. You lose 30 to 6. You're 2 and 7. You lose your quarterback for the year. I mean, what is there a bright spot for the Giants right now, Stone? There's not. I don't know why you said that they saw daylight. There's no light you- at the end of this tunnel. They were <laughs> they had a blindfold on and they were sent down the river in a canoe with no pat. This was this is a, a terrible, everything terrible. Can, can we hear from Antonio Pierce, who, who, and actually, should we do Jay Glazer first, or should we do Pierce? I, I mean, Jay Glazer, I was going to submit Mr. Uh, Josh McDaniels in there let's for, do this. for dog bleep. Let's do this. Let's reset it right quick. Let's reset it, because I got ahead of myself. I did that thing where I got so worked up on these Giants, and that, were, that was the team I was selling on, that I, I went outside of the confines of the structure of this show. I got to get back into the concepts here. All right? we, we're running stick. I'm over here trying to throw a mesh route. Is that was that good QB that talk? Is, I mean, superb job. Thank actually. you. Thank like you. It works in all facets. It's Dog Bleep Monday here on the Vicar Theo and Stone. I was going to insert myself for Dog Bleep Monday on me trying to nail that QB jargon with Stone, but that you know good. what? I, I got it out of the way. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Who earns your Dog Bleep Monday here on November sixth? We're, we're we're getting into it here in holiday season. Stone Labanowitz. Um, who earned it from you after this weekend of play? I know it's weird to go to the Raiders organization or maybe you know, a former member of the Raiders organization <laughs> following a win on Sunday, but here I go, Josh McDaniels. Uh, I'm watching. I think a lot of us were watching Fox NFL Sundays. Love that crew, Terry Bradshaw. Um, wow, I love the crew so much. Couldn't even. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Uh, Mark. There's a Bob in there somewhere. Bob Costas. Bob. There, there is a Mark in there somewhere too. Yeah, yeah. I'm just 
not aware of the last name. I'm just, just, Where's Ken Levinka when you need him? Not, just, yeah, Ken, come back. Ken would be great with these Fox Ken, NFL Sunday Ken, names. Ken can nail any broadcaster. Yeah, he He'll can. name the, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks <laughs> broadcaster from 1983. Ken's a weirdo. Uh, but listen, this one, uh, shout out to Jay Glazer for this kind of scoopage, as he called it on his social media feed. So we're going to play an audio here from Jay Glazer on Twitter. But this was from the Fox NFL Sunday show. And a little behind the scenes look into what went down into the firing of Josh McDaniels and now I guess the interim job that now Antonio Pierce has. Here's Jay Glazer yesterday. You know, why don't we find out what happened inside that room? We talked about the players meeting. Jay Glazer, our NFL insider, just give us a scoop on exactly what went down as part of this transition. Well, to piggyback off of what Howie was just saying, there was such a big disconnect with the players there and Josh McDaniels that players recently were going upstairs to uh, the owner, Mark Davis, to tell them what their problems were. However, the big thing was, is last Thursday, there was this big airing of the grievance meeting and players just unloaded on Josh McDaniels from captain to captain to player to player. And finally, Josh McDaniels actually had Antonio Pierce get up and speak on behalf of him. And the coaches went. Antonio Pierce got up there. He said, look, guys, we have to have our own culture. It's got to be about culture here. And we also have to look at it. And he brought up the old Giants team that beat the Patriots, Josh McDaniels team, in the Super Bowl in 2007 season. He said, no matter who we played, we thought we could beat them. We had a game plan that we could beat them. We had to believe that, and that's not here. We have to believe it here at the Raiders. We could beat anybody. Well, he finishes up that speech. Everybody thinks they're great, except for Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels then goes over to him and says, don't ever talk about the Patriots like that. And then you really saw how divided that building got. That got up to Mark Davis, and I think Mark Davis looked at it and go, okay, I'm going to choose the guy who believes that we can win every single week, and that's what his plan is going to be. And by the way, this is not just a throwaway for Antonio Pierce where you know he's just going to coach out the rest of the season. He has a shot to keep this job. Um, if you're Josh McDaniel, is that not the worst feeling in the world when sports, as a head coach who gets fired, to watch your team do everything you wanted them to do when you were coaching them up through training camp, through the mini camp, through the offseason, week one, preseason, all of that stuff, they're not doing it. It's not clicking. You get fired. Everybody gets riled up, and then that happens. Yeah, it, it really humanizes the sport in general. Uh, perspective, it gives everybody a, a look into how – personnel driven this league really is like these guys mentals where they're at like their belief in themselves they were smoking cigars yesterday <laughs> and the narrative behind why they were doing that wasn't because they won a football game it was because that they were free yes they were free of josh mcdaniels oh. there's a new regime these guys are finally behind and can believe in what they're doing inside the white lines so i, I think it was one of the most cringeworthy stories that i've ever heard from mr jay glazer and that was good journalism from jay glazer Great wherever journalism. he got that yeah. right Those, that's the, the behind the scenes stuff that we can get used to in, in 2023 that we didn't have you know decades ago so i love it for that reason but hard to even listen to that like my stomach churns because you get the sense that josh mcdaniels has seen that video and has seen the reports and whatnot it, to see it all come crashing down like it's hard on your family, it, I don't know. It, I, I hate hearing that story, but again, one of those ones that needed to get out there. But nonetheless, yeah. it is uh, an easy submission. Um, yeah, <laughs> and also, if you're Josh McDaniels, that's what the money's for. Like He's still getting paid right. to get trashed and talked about like this. And he did a bad job as a head coach for that football team. And if you're Josh McDaniels... Not only did you have to suffer through that loss, right? Not only did you have to suffer, or not that loss, that win for the Raiders, which is a loss for Josh McDaniels. 
Not only do you suffer through all of that and all of the media types talking about you, then you hear the Jay Glazer report and you're like, damn it, I was pissed about that. Then can we hear Antonio Pierce? Again, Josh McDaniels tells him, never bring up the Patriots again. Never talk badly about the Patriots. Never big up your 07 Giants team that upset my Patriots. Here's Antonio Pierce post-game, interim coach of the Raiders now, bringing up that uh, game against the Patriots again. If you can describe uh, the, the feeling you had when you walked through the tunnel for that very first time and the opportunity to take that picture with Champ and Sandra uh, right after you walked. First of all, like I said, uh, butterflies. I've had it three times um, as a professional. My first game in the NFL and the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. my first game as a head coach. Who's that Super Bowl against? Um, that was special. Who was that Super Bowl against Antonio Pierce? <clears throat> coach Pierce. Ah, Josh McDaniels. Doesn't feel good to be him on this Monday, except 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 all of the money he'll continue to make because Mark Davis once again fired a coach early and is going to have to pay him. Whatever. Uh, life isn't fair. Hopefully uh, things work out for Antonio Pierce going forward. We're still buying and selling, plus we're taking your dog bleep Monday. Also, not a good feeling being Josh McDaniels, a great feeling being Odell Beckham Jr., who got his first touchdown in more than 600 days. We're going to play a game with Stone to see if he knows what happened since Odell last had a touchdown. That's coming after the break. It's LaVica Theo and Stone on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica Theo and Stone on ESPN 106.3. This is bad. This is bad if you're a Miami Dolphins fan. I mean, 6-0 and against teams with losing records. 0-3 against teams with winning records. And it hasn't looked good in any of those three games. The, the, the most prolific offense of all time, the highest scoring, most high-octane offense of all time. Looks the greatest mediocre. show on turf, 2.0. I, Listen, I almost sold their stock, but I didn't today because I wanted to do it in front of Ken's face. Yes. So I'm holding the stock. Don't know what it's going to do, go up or down. Again, not professional finance guys, yeah, no. me, my, myself and yourself. We don't but, know uh, how it works. Uh, I almost sold the Miami Dolphins stock. almost sold all of it because you can't even beat a team with a winning record. And look at this week tweet from Ken Levicka too today. He So obviously Ken is out. If you heard the show on Friday from the Timber Tech Championship, Ken and I made a wager on Dolphins Chiefs. And if the Chiefs or if the Dolphins were to win... Um, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> you would have, uh, you would have, oh, ride a bike to work. You would have rode your bike to work. Yeah. I, would, I would have had to ride my bike and record it all the way to work, which would have been about six miles or so. Not terrible, but it would I have mean, been, it's not bad at all. It would have been fun for social, I guess. And if the Chiefs win, which they did 21 to 14, thank you. Um, first game in Frankfurt, Germany, by the way, for whatever that's worth. Shout out. Shouts to the Germans. Yes. Big, big on American football. Gunten Tag. Ken Levicka has to come in and talk in, I don't know what that means. He has to come in and talk in a Patrick Mahomes voice, mm-hmm. like which is very Kermit the Frog-esque. Yes. Like, I can't do it. You shouldn't have tried. I shouldn't. Hey there, I'm, I'm Patrick Mahomes. That's actually not bad. Not terrible, but also when you're doing an impersonation and you use the actual person's name, it also dilutes it. So I should have kind of went a little bit more bold. Ken's tweet? Yeah. Oh, look, Ken's tweet. <laughs> I'm not on 12 to 2 p.m. today because of FAU Hoops travel. Theo and Stone have LaVica Theo and Stone keys. Then tomorrow I pay off my Dolphins Chiefs bet from Chicago and host in my physical, painful Patrick Mahomes voice. 
So that's what you have to look forward to tomorrow when Ken rejoins us for the show because he ran. He, he's a coward. He ran off to go help with FAU hoops because his Dolphins couldn't get it done. A measly 14 points against that mighty Kansas City Chiefs defense. And Ken's not on the show. So we'll have him tomorrow. He'll be talking like Patrick Mahomes. Here's the thing with the Dolphins, those three games. One of the Bills, the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and three, two, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Right? They're three losses. I think at no point were they ever in those games. Never. And, and, and if you're a true Dolphins fan, you, you'll push that back and say, you know, in Philadelphia, I mean, we were tied yeah. in the fourth quarter. Like, come on. We were literally tied in that ball game. Had a chance to go take the lead with, you know, X amount of minutes left. I get that. They say the th- same thing for the Chiefs game. They technically had a chance to a missed on, who was that? Wilson? That yeah, was Cedric wide open. Wilson. Cedric Wilson streaking down the left uh, sideline. I don't know if he missed. It was a miscommunication. Yeah, um, it was. It was. It, looked a lot worse to somebody who... Uh, doesn't understand kind of what happened there. Yeah, it was I mean, an incomplete I, I pass. It. So either he, they, it was a definitely a miscommunication, but they missed on that play. Yeah, but in those three losses, I, you never stood a chance. You yeah. never stood a chance. Twenty-eight point loss to Buffalo. You never stood a chance against Philadelphia Eagles. I think if you were somebody as a gambler holding a, an Eagles ticket, you were never sweating. Yeah. In that game, you never thought that Miami was going to come up and get you. And, and then, yeah, yesterday, at no point did you think the Dolphins were in that game. Of course, you're standing and waiting on the edge of your seats at that last drive, but no dice. No dice. Um, and if you are Dolphins fans, have some solace in this. I give you some credible advice that can help with things like Prize Pick, who I'm about to tell you about. Prize Picks is a great uh, app to use when you're trying to uh, make some money, make some bread on these football games. Uh, when the Dolphins are playing bad teams, more than, more than, more than. All the Dolphins player, more than, more than. When the Dolphins are playing good teams, less than, less than, less. Than. This is how you make the money. And if you want to make your game days more exciting. Well, more than interceptions. More than interceptions you mm-hmm. can do for mm-hmm. two. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can do more than on interceptions. More Trying than on, the people. <laughs> more than on the negative stats for the Dolphins when they're playing against good teams as well. Um, it's just, it's that time. It's time to get in on prize picks. It's the best way to win big on fantasy sports. And here's how it works. You just pick two to six players and you choose more or less on their stats. If you get them right, you can win up to 25 times your cash. It's quick. It's easy to make those picks. You can make it on a Sunday morning right before the game starts. Uh, and also, if it's a game overseas, be ready to do it earlier. Prize Picks is the place to play this season. Prize Picks has awesome weekly promotions. They're the only daily fantasy program that has injury insurance policy uh, you sweat it out, you watch your entry real time, and you continue to have fun by making picks on second half and fourth quarter stats. Take your game day experience to the next level with prize picks. And right now on prizepicks.com, if you go prizepicks.com slash KLV, use the code KLV, prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash KLV for Ken Lavica. Use the code KLV. You can get your money matched up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh, nothing was made easy for those Kansas City Chiefs in Frankfurt, Germany. Um, we talked about the bet that Ken lost. I think we need to talk about the play that Ken lost the bet on. Tua Tungavailoa um, is, is an excellent quarterback. He didn't even have a bad day, per se, against the Chiefs. The Dolphins' offense just fluttered. And in one of those plays where when you throw the ball to Tyreek Hill, it doesn't matter if it's a 40-yard pass or a 10-yard pass, you expect big things to happen. There's always electricity when you target Tyreek Hill. That's right. So Tua, thinking this, he's like, yeah, man, well, heck yes, I'm going to throw the ball to Tyreek Hill. It was a short route, one of those that Stephen A. Smith talks about all the time, and you think Tyreek catches the ball. 
good things happen. Tyree catches the ball, good things happen. Well, here's from Frankfurt, Germany um, on NFL Network. Tyree catching the ball, and for me, oh, great things happen. To a, out to hell, and that goes no balls loose. It is loose and picked up and lateraled. Brian Cook. Oh, yes. Touchdown. Woo. Just before the end of the half, the Kansas City Chiefs already up 14-0. The Dolphins thinking, hey, let's try to put some points on the board before the half. Let's try to put some points on the board, put some good tape on so we can have something positive to talk about in the locker room. We get back out there. We got momentum. Tua to Tyreek Hill. Immediately, slot corner Trent McDuffie, second-year cornerback out of Washington, Trent McDuffie. Everybody knows Trent. Strips the ball from Tyreek. Tyreek Hill knows Trent. (laughs) Tyreek Hill and Mike McDaniel, they got nightmares of Trent McDuffie, who just takes the ball from Tyreek Hill like he's a little kid, like he's a little boy, just takes it from him. Mike Edwards picks it up. He laterals it to Brian Cook. Brian Cook strides down the sideline. That game is history. Chiefs go up 21-0. Dolphins do make a little bit of a comeback in the second half. But that was the game, right, Stone? When that happened, it just sucked all the air out of that game. Yeah, it definitely was. You go down love 40, you're facing three break points. Tough to come back from that. And I think for... Uh, the tennis jerk. Yeah, I think for uh, for Mike Smith and, and Brian Edwards and uh, Trent... Uh, uh, McDuffie, uh, M- M- McPhee, McPherson, McDuffie. and, and the rest of those guys man. in the Kansas City Chiefs defense that nobody in the world has a clue. Pride of Washington. That was that was the game. That was game set and match right there. Was really nothing you could do. Um, oh, if, if you're Tyreek Hill, if you're Tua, you're just squirting a little bubble out there, right? Put the ball in one of your playmakers' hands. The lateral play, though. Oh I, man, I, I can't call it a pandemic for the Chiefs because they all execute it very well. But you see Travis Kelsey do it on the offensive side of the ball. It works. Yeah. And for uh, Brian Smith and, and, and Trent Edwards and uh, uh, Mike McDuffie, those guys on the, <laughs> that defense, they executed it well, too, and ended up putting six on the scoreboard. There was just nothing going for the Miami offensively. Nothing going. I do, for that play's sake, love that they were not in Arrowhead Stadium. because the, oh, man. The, Not that there's a roof there, but the roof would have blown off the yeah. entire stadium. I mean, they would have booed. They would have laughed. For Tyreek Hill's sake, I'm glad that they were in Frankfurt. The funniest thing is, again, Tyreek Hill, before the game, he yeah. was – he was all in the media talking about all this is what I'm gonna do. I got this touchdown celebration planned out. It's gonna be in Germany. It's against my former team. I they can't gonna get wait this to work. work it out. They're gonna get this work. Didn't he predict like 250 yards and 12 catches? Something crazy like that. He said it don't matter where we play, they're gonna get this work. <sighs> okay. And and what I will say for Tyreek Hill, by the way, he was part of a touchdown play. Tyreek Hill was very actively involved in a touchdown. I'm just sad we didn't get to see the celebration stone. Because that touchdown went to the Chiefs. The Miami Dolphins. It can we hear we have Tyreek Hill? Let's let's hear Tyreek Hill. This is before the game, right? Yeah, it's talking about hey, they, they, they don't feel me. It doesn't matter where we play. Yeah. So this is Tyreek Hill alluding to what he was gonna do in Frankfurt, Germany. The very first NFL game played in Frankfurt, Germany. Here's Tyreek Hill. It doesn't really matter what where we play at. I mean, obviously it would have been great to play in KC, mm. but Oh, would it have? It, it really doesn't matter where we play at. You feel me? Uh. They're going to get this work wherever, though. Look, y'all ready to use that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we was ready to use that one, huh? <laughs> We're going to get this work. We're going to get this work. Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins, again, the greatest show on turf, 2.0. Uh, what if they – something about swimming. Somebody did like a swimming uh, a synonym to that. A Dolphins. A, I forget what it was. I don't know. doesn't matter. Everybody was all in on this Dolphins offense, and for the third time, they played an actual contending football team, and for the third time, they were a no-show, including Tyreek Hill. 
I can't wait for Ken to come back tomorrow. 62 yards, a fumble, no touchdowns. He definitely got some work in. <laughs> he got the work. He got the work he asked for. Not the work he was looking for. Oh, Good stuff. Yeah, Ken's going to have to face the yeah. music. And what was funny, too, if for the audience out there who was listening on Friday and remembers us out at Timber Tech, we were trying to talk about the game. And one, he really didn't want to talk about the game. But didn't. what he was doing was building in these excuses. He did. He, he, did. he was talking about injuries beforehand. He said, well, if we lose, it's you know, it, it's not that hard because it's it's about what you do in you know, November and December. That's yeah. really when it matters and stuff. So he was kind of... Setting it he up. He said the game didn't matter pretty much. He basically he said the game it. didn't matter. Yeah. This isn't caught in one of his favorite things to use right now, and I hope he's listening. Is that like pre coping with the loss. Yeah, he's pre coping, but one of the things that he's been using uh, a lot lately is this isn't college football. Okay. NFL mm, fans need to realize it's right. the NCAA, right? We're not playing for a playoff game. You, yeah. you, you don't get one mistake only. You get, you know, X amount, right? It's the NFL. So he's using that one a lot, but he just didn't. I don't think he had faith in these guys at any point no. during the lead up to this game and, and now at this point. He definitely didn't have faith. I'm sure he's lost faith since then. And for that, it is Monday. And Robert Sala is right around that corner peeking his head. Can Robert Sala actually, is Ken in Chicago? Yeah. So, okay. So Robert Sala, uh, if you want to get if you want to get a good peek at Ken, you just got to go to the Windy City right quick, man. You could peek in. And once you open that door and bust in and see Ken Levicka sitting there setting up his radio equipment, what you got to say to him, Robert? Um, yeah, it's dog <laughs> Straight up dog bleep on this dog bleep Monday. The Dolphins and the president of the Tuatunga Vailoa fan club, or is it the bandwagon here? It's the, don't first of all, don't let those words ever utter your mouth again. Okay, bandwagon, bandwagon or fan club? Bang, bandwagon. Now he's the president of the Tuatunga Vailoa fan club of the Treasure Coast okay. in Palm Beach County. Fan club, not the bandwagon. Yeah, you're the bandwagon. Okay, okay, it's cool. No, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, I had to defend him just a little bit. You know? I, I appreciate that. You you have to defend just him. Just in case. And I don't have to defend him. And he is listening. And I know he's going to be a little sad. And he's going to address this tomorrow. Tune in. Tune in tomorrow. Make sure you're here with us tomorrow when Ken Levicka comes back talking like Patrick Mahomes, the greatest to ever do it. Uh, when we come back, I got some Odell Beckham Jr. themed trivia for Stone Labanowitz. He's a football junkie. He watches every single game. He's always locked in. We'll see how locked in he is to the great OBJ. Here on the Vicathy and Stone on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Lavica Theo and Stone on ESPN 106.3. So we got to talk some OBJ here, but first we need to talk about the great people at Baptist Health. Is joint pain affecting your quality of life? At Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, our team is experienced in traditional joint replacement surgery as well as new, less invasive treatments with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Odell Beckham Jr. caught his first touchdown pass in nearly 630 days. Ugh. Over the weekend from Tyler Huntley. Odell Beckham Jr., first touchdown catch in more than 600 days. Stone LeBanowitz, I'm going to ask you an event, and you have to tell me if this event in sports or in culture happened before or after Odell Beckham Jr. scored his first or his last touchdown. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's lock in. Okay, 
Tom Brady's first retirement announcement. Did Odell Beckham Jr. score his last touchdown before or after? Way before. It was after. You said 600. Oh, my God. Yes. Tom, Tom retired Tom retired 600 days ago? Before Wow. Odell's last touchdown catch. Wow. Okay. All right. Russia invades Ukraine. <laughs> this one was... Uh, this one was... Uh, did Odell Beckham Jr. score a touchdown before? Yes, he did. 600. 600 yeah, of course. Book, book that one in. God, these are, these, I feel like these are trick questions. <laughs> okay. Did Odell Beckham Jr. score his last touchdown, again, before this weekend, before or after the end of the Major League Baseball lockout? Remember the 99-day lockout that happened? This is before. What are we doing here? here we yeah. Go. Okay. Did Odell Beckham Jr. score his last touchdown before or after Will Smith? Slapped Chris Rock. <laughs> That's a toughie. Let's go with after. <laughs> You're wrong. It was at the Super Bowl <laughs> in February. That was in March. Uh, that Stone Levanowitz, that was fun with OBJ. Ken Levick is going to be talking like Patrick Mahomes tomorrow on Levick, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 1063.